and this. That has the work rate of Hulk Hogan and the mic skill of Bret Hart. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, brother. My, uh, my name is is Max. I am a lifelong wrestling fan. I am joined, as I am every week, by the man with the power, the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, Craig Johnson. Oh, I thought you were about to say David Webb, and I was going to say no, <laughs> not him. <laughs> Google, Google machine. Hey, how are you? Nice to see you. Uh, it's uh, it's been a little bit, uh, yeah. bit a little bit of a time, but it's uh, nice to be here uh, taping on a on an evening. So uh, yeah. I, I have my uh, uh, champagne. But no, I don't drink, so that doesn't work. <laughs> but I'm uh, looking forward to talking a little LPWA today. Yes, we are talking about an episode of. Uh, LPWA, I did not know they had a weekly show, but they had a weekly show that apparently aired in Vegas in the early 90s, and we're talking about an episode of that, with our guest, author, journalist, blogger, podcaster, once wrote an article about my friend's penis, Kate Sloan. Hey. That's a great introduction. Thank you. I You're did. Welcome. I did write an article about your friend's penis. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. thank you for having me. I was really excited to talk about the super ladies of wrestling because um, when you invited me on, I was like, all right, like I'll watch men getting violent with each other, I guess. Right. But when I found out it was going to be ladies, I was way more excited about nice. it. Um, do you have any, any history with wrestling? You ever watched wrestling before? Uh, not really. The, I, I only have a couple frames of reference for wrestling, one of which is Andy Kaufman's whole wrestling thing okay. that he used sure. to do. Like, I've seen Man on the Moon many times, and I know yeah. that he used to like to wrestle women in this kind of, like, caricature of a sexist dude type of character. Right. So I've seen those. And then also uh, my friend Bex, who I co-host my uh, one of my podcasts with, is... Um, into wrestling and has done like wrestling porn so like i've seen like oh wrestling, yeah no Be bex totally and i have talked thing. about that we we've talked about that um, yeah, yeah yeah he's like he's very he's pretty good at it like i've watched some of his wrestling porn i was like okay not my thing but like i can appreciate the artistry <laughs> yeah no uh, a lot of that when he did my other show for those of you listening who don't know i also do a sexuality podcast um, really it's great it's great everyone should listen to it i love I, it i didn't know these uh, things <laughs> i'm shocked um and there there was about 10 minutes of wrestling chat that got cut out of, uh, of this episode um and um so yes we are talking about the lpwa from craig do you know when this was broadcast i'm guessing 90 91 somewhere around there uh it would have been about the same time, uh, actually, just before Global. Wait okay. a minute. No, that it would have been just after Global, actually, because I traveled with Joe and Bonnie to a taping in uh, Illinois, and they did a couple tapings in Illinois. I'm not sure if this is one of the ones that was in Laughlin, Nevada, which, which a lot of them were. Uh, but, um, yeah, it was around 1993. Glow had come and mm. gone. Yeah, uh, this was the first time that anybody had tried, dare I say, legitimate women's wrestling as a mm -hmm. television show. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of the people from this show had a long background in women's professional wrestling. And a lot of them were wrestling over in Japan because at this time, Japan had a huge women's wrestling scene with all right. Japan women's wrestling. Hmm. And uh, that's where... A lot of the the famous uh, I want want to say her last name is Dump Matsuda uh, mm. was one, uh, and the Jumping Bomb Angels who made a uh, had a, a tea time in the WWF at the time. Right. Uh, but a lot of the absolute legends of Japanese wrestling were wrestling at this time, and Medusa Michelli went over and wrestled over there. Reggie Bennett, who uh, I Ronda think we Singh. might see on this, yeah. Yeah, uh, a lot of those uh, mm -hmm. folks went on over there, and 
uh, Torberg, who is the executive producer of the LPWA, uh, asked Joe Petticino and uh, many people involved in, in Global at the time um, to help launch the LPWA. And it was a, a, a really interesting show. And it was, yeah. it was fun to see it put together, actually. As yeah, I said, I, I went to a couple of the tapings. I really liked this show. Um, it's it's old old school wrestling format. It's like five squash matches, mm-hmm. but it was fun. It was compelling. There was a story going throughout. Oh, mm-hmm. and I did want to mention um, <clears throat> for the first two shows. This is our near third show. We're so we're still feeling out how we're doing this. Yes. Mm-hmm. The first two shows we did shows that are available on WWE Network, but we had a conversation last week about how a lot of wrestling podcasts do that. So we're still going to do shows on the network as well, but we also like exploring some of the weirder, more forgotten things like the LPWA. So Yeah, um, diversify your content. It's great. Exactly. All right, so the show begins with the most awesome opening graphics I've ever seen. It is really cool. I made some extensive notes about this. Uh, it was it was four Panthers on pillars at the four corners of the ring yes. and there was dramatic music and then the Panthers become electrified and they turn into women. I was like, I want to be a Panther. That's yes. cool. <laughs> and um, when you think about television production, this was the height of computer graphics at this time. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks sick as hell. It reminded me of like CD ROMs I used to play when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> we are then introduced to our announced team, Joe Petticino, who according to Craig, I just learned this, was also the executive producer of this show. And Mr. James E. Cornett, sporting the porniest of the porn mustaches. <laughs> oh, very true. Did everybody notice that his mustache disappears during the interview segment because it was taped at a different time? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I did not notice that. Wow, wasn't paying yeah. close enough attention. I was too distracted now, by the hot lady wrestlers, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the LPWA had many un- different announcers for many different tapings. This one was the Petticino Cornette one. Uh, Ken Resnick from the AWA was an sure. announcer on quite a few of them. Okay. Uh, I, I don't think Lee Marshall ever made his way over there, but uh, I'm, I'm sure he walked Marshall. by a, a sure. time or two. But Joe Petticino <laughs> was mostly known as being the fans man for WCW and the NWA back when Crockett had the had the promotion, and he would do right. uh, news segments. And he had a show right. with Gordon Soley called Pro Wrestling This Week. Ah, ah brother, indeed. And it was the uh, it was the magazine show that showed you wrestling promotions from all around the world. It was a half hour show that would take place every week, and was considered so far ahead of its time because Joe was also the host of a and Max. Imagine this a mm-hmm. six hour wrestling block. Oh my of god! Nothing wow. but. Uh, uh, regional promotions on Atlanta's Channel 36, followed by uh, uh, Channel 69, WVEU, which I think is now their nice. CW uh, station. And uh, he and Bonnie Blackstone, who you will also see in this episode, uh, were the hosts of that show for many years mm-hmm. and actually were married in real life. Nice. Hmm. Bonnie Blackstone, by the way, upcoming, upcoming guest on this show. Yes, she is. She wanted to make it tonight, you, but Craig. she was she wasn't able to do it because of uh, other commitments. But uh, I know good and well that uh, Bonnie wants to join us for a future show. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so yeah, they have some great back and forth. Uh, Joe is the face. Jim's the heel, of course. Um, My favorite one that I wrote down is like uh-huh. I forget who's talking to who. But uh, basically the sentiment that this guy was trying to get across was like, you're crazy. Like the wrestler that you are talking about is like not good. But what he said was, you're burning up. You've got a terrible fever. You're a sick man. And I was like, that's a really good way to tell someone that they're wrong. That, that was Cornette. That's Cornette, yeah. 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 Cornette's favorite, my favorite Cornette line is always, you're so slow it takes you an hour and a half to watch 60 Minutes. <laughs> um... Okay, we are then... Oh, we then get a nice graphic of the tag team rankings. Um, oh, and then a commercial for merch. And my God, I wish you could still buy this merch. I have oh. one of the buttons. Nice. And this I did have a... one of the hats. <laughs> the hats cracked me up because yeah. they said, hats, hats, hats. Hats, yes. hats, hats. 
in neon. <laughs> I I had a hot pink one, of course. Nice. 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 Okay, and then we get Bonnie Blackstone interviewing oh our old friend uh, Terry Power. Terry Power, aka Terry Pock, aka Tori. Uh, Tori from the WWE. Now this was Terry AKA Power, Ravens Ninja. Yes, uh, <laughs> a, aka uh, uh, Taylor Made Medina from right. Portland Wrestling. Yes, wow. so um, one of many names. Yeah, mm-hmm. I actually. This is at a time where I knew uh, Terry. Um, uh, for an in, it was interesting because Bonnie told Terry about me. I live in Atlanta. She lives in Portland, and for some reason, Terry and I had oh a good year's worth of weekly telephone calls to each other, just seeing how each other was doing. It wasn't nice. a courtship or anything, although Bonnie knew I had a huge crush on Terry. <laughs> uh, but we actually became really nice friends, and, and it was uh, she's now running a yoga studio in Portland and doing quite well at it. Yoga studio in Portland. That's uh, that seems That would be a moneymaker. She actually was one of the first to do aerial yoga. Oh, wow. Mm, neat. Yeah, I instantly liked her, uh, yeah. and and she did this interview, uh, like you were saying, where like the the interviewer asked her, like, uh, "You're so intense out there, like how how do you do it?" And she was like, "Well, you say intense, and I say nervous." And I was like, "Oh, that's so cute that she's like nervous and like yeah. maybe a little like stage frighty." But then you see her go out there, and she's like so intense, like she yes. does not look nervous at all. <laughs> yes, Terry was was considered to be the face of LPWA and that's yeah. that's who they wanted to build the promotion around if it had gone mm-hmm. longer uh, mm-hmm. be, yeah. but she was as they say green back in these days because these were some yeah. of her first matches but my gosh did she have a whole bunch of potential and uh, yeah. and boy did she make the most of it later on in her career mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah she is taking on a luchadora named Lagata. Um, the cat. The cat. <laughs> the cat. <laughs> um. Yeah, they made a really funny pun at one point where where she like landed in a really painful looking way, and they yeah. were like, she did not land on her feet. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I actually wrote that down. Cornet with the cat puns <laughs> because he had a, he had one about nine lives as yeah. well. <laughs> it's like he just looked up like what are all the cat related yeah. idioms and how can I work them all in here now the oh. chances are because of the way LPWA um, tapings would go that this might have been Heidi Lee Morgan or it might have been Cindy Paradise under a mask meaning okay. people were working multiple uh, yeah. multiple matches throughout the evening oh, so it wouldn't, surpri- it wouldn't surprise me if it was somebody else there Okay, I've I've never wrestled, but I've known indie wrestlers who have told me that. Like, you know, you go out and, you know, you face the one guy, and then the next match is you're both in tag teams, and then the next match is the same guy under a hood. Because you know, they don't have enough people for the promotion, so yeah. Now, to give you an idea of how big, and, and Kate, you'll appreciate this, mm-hmm. how big Terry Powers' arms are. Oh yeah, I'm. I was like really feeling my bisexuality hard during this match. I wrote down like I want her to step on me. <laughs> her arms were as big as my legs. Wow. Nice. Now Yeah, I'm, I'm a tall guy. I don't have yeah. majorly big legs, but they were bigger than my legs, and I was just like, Ermagersh. <laughs> and she and she genuinely was the nicest person in the world. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Oh. Could not tell that from how she wrestles, for sure. <laughs> oh, and uh, I did men- I did write down that the crowd was definitely sweetened. Yes, uh, very yeah. much so. Yeah. Uh, apparently, they all it, it was white shirt night at the LPWA. <laughs> yes, <laughs> where everybody was wearing a white shirt for some reason. I loved this line where like the ref was trying to break up some kind of hold at one point, and one of the announcers was like. Look at that referee. What a pervert he is. Yes. <laughs> He's like getting in there. Yeah, that would like, be a cornet line. Job, guys. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and that was the difficult part about this because this this show came after Glow and Glow was right. all about sex. And this I was mean, trying to focus on athleticism. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, 
you won't have the misogyny that you have in a lot of wrestling commentary in this, but Cornette's going to be Cornette no matter yeah. what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Terry wins this one because, yeah, like we said, it's... Um, a squash. It's, it's a bunch of squashes, yeah. Because they, they do the old school thing where the weekly shows are squashes to build to the pay-per-view. Um, Is a squash like a, like a short match? Is that what that means? Oh, it's um, it's a match between an established superstar and what's called a jobber, somebody mm-hmm. who just goes in there to lose to do the job. Enhancement uh, okay. talent, or enhancement <laughs> talent. Yes, very their, interesting. Their job is to make the superstars look good. Like mm. when I was a kid, um, they never gave the good matches away for free on TV at all. So like every Saturday morning, I'd watch wrestling, and Hulk Hogan would take on a guy like named like Bob Jones. Um, <laughs> And the idea was, you know, then he'd come out and, and cut a promo about how he was going to be wrestling Roddy Piper at WrestleMania. So, I, you know, get your parents to pay 30 bucks for that. Um, <laughs> um, and the, okay. fact, the fact that, that Terry wins with basically a suplex, which yeah. she got the second time going up because the first time she didn't have enough momentum. This would go yeah. on Botchamania if it was on today. Yep. Uh, but uh, they were just trying to show off her power. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Gato just didn't quite uh, give her enough momentum to help mm-hmm. her get up there. <laughs> the scariest moment of this match for me was when people were flipping each other over by their hair. Yes. Like, as a woman who's like had long hair for most of my life, I was like, ah. And I was also like, why did you wear your hair down for a wrestling match? Seems bad. Well, here's the even worse part, Kate. <laughs> there are some that have extensions. Yeah. Oh, do they ever like come out? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you watch a Charlotte Flair match, usually it will happen many times. Mm-hmm. But the the nasty and, and of course, you know, Max loves the fact that I come up with these stories that are like, where did that come from? <laughs> there was a match, as you mentioned, uh, with uh, hair pulling, a match between Chris Adams and Rugged Rod Price in oh the God. USWA. <laughs> it might have actually been the later days of Global. And Rod Price, uh, let's say his hairline was receding, but it was looking better. <laughs> Suddenly he had more hair up front hmm, and Chris suspicious. Adams decided to pull his hair <laughs> after he had had God. hair plugs put in. Oh, ouch. Oh, I would be so mad. Ouch. <laughs> that is called juicing the hard way, boys and girls. Yep. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, so yes, extensions do get pulled out from time to mm-hmm. time. And the first time I ever saw uh, a uh, hair extension was, in fact, with Bonnie Blackstone because she was the first person I ever knew that wore hair extensions. To your knowledge. To yeah. my knowledge. Okay, <laughs> they then go to commercial, they come back, and we've got Magnificent Mimi taking on Alma Alvarez. Magnificent Mimi is managed by Jonathan Blue. And of course, the Mr. Clean references come out yes. just as fast as you possibly can. Yes. <laughs> I love Mimi so much. I love how she was like flirting with the camera. Yeah. Um, I love how she has this kind of like old Hollywood vibe and she's yeah. like an actress and a dancer and also a wrestler. I was like, this is a right. powerful femme woman. She yes. is extremely goals. At the beginning I, of the- I loved I, I do love that they actually they gave her hometown as Hollywood, California, because where else would it be? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I just had a thought here looking at Alma Alvarez. I wonder if that was Legato. Oh, with a, maybe. With the blonde mm. wig and a yeah. uh, same size. Just saying. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. I do have to say, like, for me, it was a little uncomfortable watching a white woman beat the shit out of a Latina woman, like, especially given sure. that racism is, like, a huge topic in the news right now. Like, I, I was a little bit like, oh, like, I don't know about that, you guys. Yeah. I think you will find that in professional wrestling, um, it's pretty equal who gets to beat up who. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I could see why you'd say that, especially now in, yeah. in this day and age. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm trying to remember if Bad, Black, and Beautiful was in this episode. But those were those were wrestlers that would beat the heck out of anybody. So <laughs> it, it, storyline-wise, it usually usually evened itself out. 
Yeah, it's a non-discriminatory beatdown. Right. But <clears throat> not non-discriminatory was Mimi's kicks at the beginning of the match while she was warming up. I thought she was uh, the lady who was 50. 50 years old because she could kick. And she could stretch and she could kick. Because she's 50. Or actually, Mimi's probably about 60 now. Wow. Um, yes, I, I did love all the Mr. Clean references with Jonathan Blake. Um, Jonathan Blue, sorry. Um, Not a member of the Blue Man group as far nope. as I know. <laughs> As we're as we're always talking about oh, Vegas or Lava. we then get a promo in which Norman the Lunatic um, <laughs> yeah, I'm and the Beast read a ransom note. I this subplot was so vexing to me, and it was only like toward the very end of the episode that I started to piece it together from context clues what was happening. But I was like, uh, okay, what's going on with this rabbit? Why was the rabbit kidnapped? Why does it matter? Why are you telling me about it now? Get back to the hot ladies wrestling. <laughs> Now, All right. Th this was uh, Norman the Lunatic, as you mentioned, uh, from uh, from that. I guess that was his WCW. Uh, yep, that was his WCW yeah. gimmick. Bastion Booger was his WWF gimmick. Uh huh. And Friar Ferguson. And Friar Ferguson, but he was really known as Muck and Singer Mike Shaw uh, back in the old sure. Calgary days, and he was one of the lead heels along with Bad News Allen, who became Bad News Brown, uh, yeah. up in the Calgary days when the Hearts were getting uh, their first entree into, mm -hmm. meaning the, the sons of Stu Hart were getting their first entree into professional wrestling. So to see him here in this character <laughs> and to see him in all the different things of Friar Ferguson and Bastion Booger, yeah. after seeing what a badass he was in Calgary, was always a little disheartening. <laughs> but yes that's essentially the one angle that they're pushing is yes norman's stuffed teddy bear rabbit has been stolen <laughs> by <laughs> um, um by comrade orga yeah and she has sent a a ransom note to the beast and oof, uh i liked the beast as a wrestler she i thought she was great in the main yeah. event but, oh, she did not have Mike's skill. Um, <laughs> That's why Norman was there. Yep. <laughs> um. Yeah, and people were making, like, a lot of ableist jokes about yeah. these two. I felt really bad yeah. for them. And I, like, I don't know to what extent they were, like, putting on that manner of speaking or if that's, like, actually what they're like but like either way like kind of uh, shitty no, yeah norman was a very ableist character um mm -hmm. yeah wrestling has had a hard time with that for a yes, long time very yeah. much so uh nick dinsmore let's, line one. yeah let's be thankful we didn't watch a eugene <laughs> match yeah um but then uh, then we get two veterans of the ring one more uh, veteran than the other yeah candy divine and reggie barnett um and Reggie I, Bennett, right? Reggie Bennett. Yeah. Oh, God. I, I definitely that. remembered her name and wrote it down because yes. I thought she was so beautiful. <laughs> she was great. And uh, Jim Cornette implied that she fucked men to death. Yes. Um, okay, oh. what was up with that? Because there's a there's a lot of times during this episode that, like, my kink, my kink senses started tingling. But that, I was like, okay, wait, what was just implied there? <laughs> like, that's like, you know, like a Black Widow spider fantasy. Yeah, I'm guessing that's what it was. <laughs> Jim Cornette would come up with some very interesting, uh, and still does, which is why... Yeah. Uh, his relationships with many uh, wrestling promotions uh, end badly. But uh, <laughs> I, I had a chance to work with Corny. Great guy to work with, but he is one that is, uh, to, to use a reference, he is not Fifty Shades of Grey. He is quite either black or quite white. In other <laughs> words, he goes to one side of, a, of an issue or the other, mm -hmm. and you don't mm -hmm. get a lot in the middle. Mm -hmm. oh, He's you got beef using... with us. You were not using the phrase Fifty Shades of Grey in a kink way. I, no, I, no, no. Right over my head. That's the only way I use no. it. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, what, what he said something like, they come back from the morgue smiling. It was pretty out there. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry for laughing at that, but... Uh, yeah. 
So the, um, the kinkiest moment I thought in this match was when um, I think it was Candy Divine was standing on Reggie Bennett's hair while pulling her up by both arms, and it was yes. essentially predicament bondage. Like that yeah. was what I was really struck by. And also, I was very struck by how grossed out I was by people pulling on arms. Like, they were trying to pull them out of their sockets. Like, this was the thing that was the most upsetting to me, even though there were, like, Arm drags were the most upsetting things to you? Oh, because I just, like, I could feel it in my body. I was like, ah, they're going to lose their arm. Oh, wow. Well, I will tell you that they will usually only lose their left arm. Because that, (laughs) uh, in the old school days, you always worked the left side of the body. Hmm. Because if you accidentally did do something to it, you don't want to mess up the fact that maybe they need to write or something like that. Yeah. But hmm. yeah, usually it was uh, it was Unless always you're Jeff Hardy. the left. Uh, yeah, and, it, exactly. <laughs> but um, Reggie Bennett, oh my gosh! Um, yes, you are right. Yeah. Uh, an amazingly uh, beautiful woman. Yeah. Uh, she. Uh, went from this gimmick to more like a power gimmick which uh, is more like a uh, current wrestler named ODB. Uh, Love ODB. And, and Reggie Bennett was ODB before ODB was ODB. Nice. <laughs> She's the uh, OG ODB. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I love that she was wearing this, like, very feminine, subdued, uh, like, pastel bodysuit. Yes. Because she was, like, the toughest person. And yes. it was just very, like, I, I found that very gratifying as a person who also dresses really femininely. Because I was like, oh, you don't have to be, you know, like a, a wallflower to, to dress oh. like that. Okay. Um, and, and so, the, yes. Uh, oh. Continue, Max, please. I was just going to say Reggie wins this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and this would be about as close to a competitive match as you, as you would see uh, most of the time. Because Candy yeah. Devine had a long, long history of much success. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't think she goes back as far as the Moolah days, which is a conversation and a podcast for, for an entirely... We could take an hour talking about the fabulous Moolah and her troop of, mm-hmm. of women that would travel around. Yeah. But... Uh, Divine and Leilani Kai were kind of the, uh, I, I guess you could say the bridge between the moolah era and the modern era uh, yeah. of, of women's wrestling. Yeah, no, I remember her from the AWA. She had she feuded with Sherry Martell. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, and but, but Reggie UWF, was which we'll yeah to. exactly. And Reggie yeah. was uh, Reggie was one of those wrestlers that. Hmm. Uh, would go over to Japan and and get a lot of of great press over there because yeah. Japanese women aren't usually that big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, we then get an interview with Bonnie Blackstone again, interviewing Susan Sexton. More on the Harvey saga. <laughs> um, now this you, is you Susan might... chastising Norman for bringing Harvey to ringside exactly. where. It would get stolen. <laughs> now, you might notice, Kate, Bonnie has extensions in here. <laughs> she did not the first that. interview, I don't think. <laughs> but the extensions are in here. <laughs> yeah, she just popped out real quick to the hairdressers to get them put in. <laughs> but Susan Sexton was one of those old school wrestlers that kind of bridged yeah. the gap as well. Uh, is she from Australia, I believe. Okay. All right, the next match is the Mighty Mites versus the Nasty Girls. Liked this one. Yeah, it <laughs> and was And why did you good. like this? <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the opening fake-out handshake. I love that. I love any time anybody does that spot. Love it. <laughs> I mark out for that. Uh-huh. Did anyone else notice that the announcer kept kind of switching back and forth between saying Mighty Mites and Mighty Mice? Yes. <laughs> and I was like, one of those seems slightly more menacing than the other. <laughs> I thought the Nasty Girls were good, though. Yeah, they no, were. They didn't so. get individual names, though. The other team no. got named individually. The Nasty Girls are just the Nasty Girls. Right. Well, um, uh, Cindy Paradise, and was, uh, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, that's Cheryl Rusa. Cheryl Rusa was one of the Glow Girls. Okay. Um, and uh, actually is the person that's responsible for kind of keeping the glow girls together through all this uh and actually has quite a following and uh 
So yes, yeah, Cheryl Rusa is is one bridge between Glow and the LPWA. Oh, cool. This um, match in particular made me wonder if uh, these women are wearing any kind of like genital cup, like protective <laughs> cup situation, because there was a lot of like uterus stomping. It was yeah. not pretty. <laughs> I don't think I've ever in my entire career of wrestling announcing ever heard the term uterus stomping. <laughs> it's catchy, right? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> now, uh, we we may have to do a uh, uh, a show on women's extreme wrestling. Um, oh right the oh, porn wrestling yes yes, yes. yes. And, and maybe we'll bring kate back for that one <laughs> is there there's gonna be more of, uterus stopping okay. though well there's like, a lot know. of uterus okay women's extreme wrestling was a combination of ecw which was hardcore wrestling um which i don't know if if you're familiar with that kate but it's essentially whenever they show you, like, a thing on how violent wrestling is, that's always what they show you. You know, it's people being suplexed through flaming tables. <laughs> so it was a combination of that with porn, essentially. Hmm. Um, Sounds like great. A, a, lot of the, a lot of the wrestlers were from porn mm-hmm. um, or, or, like, softcore modeling. Um, the lead yeah. faction was called the PWO, the Pussy yeah. World Order. Pussy World Order, yes. <laughs> and then the the champion was, uh, I think her name was Ty Weed. And yeah, yeah. She, she played a burned out <laughs> marijuana mm-hmm. Yeah, there was like, there was G- a parody G- of The Rock named The Cock, I think. Yeah, G.I. Yeah. G- Ho was another right. one of their yep. stars. G.I. Ho. <laughs> That has nothing to do with the LPWA. Let me nope. be perfectly clear about this. <laughs> but it also goes to show you the different ways that women have been portrayed in the wrestling business. I mean, yep. today they are, are pure athletes. And what's amazing and- is that was 10 years after LPWA. Yep. They went back to the porn stuff. Well, and it was it was the producer, uh, one of the producers of ECW that did it. I mean, if you look at yeah. the show, a lot of it was done in the old ECW arena. Right. And it's like, well, we know how to produce a television show. Why don't we do this? <laughs> I was always amazed that Scott Hudson made an appearance on that show. And I was like, what yeah. are you thinking of? And he goes, hey, they were pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Scott is a happily married man, by the way, and always has been very faithful. So I will have oh, to good. give him credit on that. Okay. Another future uh, future person on this podcast awesome. will be Scott Hudson. I'd love to talk to Scott. Okay. Then we get a segment called Bonnie's Views, where Bonnie breaks down the Harvey saga. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know why we needed so much no. about this. It feels <laughs> no. like filler to me, but you know, I'm not up on the lore, so I don't but, really know. You know, the thing is, like, usually on a wrestling show, like going into each match, each person going into the match has their own angle, their own reason for fighting each other, or mm-hmm. you know, like you'll have somebody who's wants to be the champion, and so they're mm-hmm. they're practicing to get the number one contender spot, or you know, right? You have a revenge story like this, but it's. It's usually different people. It's not everybody is involved in one angle. <laughs> Everyone is mad about this rabbit. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, and then we get uh, Jim Cornette's interview, and this is where his mustache was not present. <laughs> um, it's And, of course, the segment is called The Louisville Slugger, and he's interviewing Mimi and Jonathan, uh, this was such a great interview, and yes. my favorite moment was when Mimi said, I beat all of my opponents in about three to six seconds, because we had just seen her do a wrestling match, and she did not beat the person in three <laughs> to six seconds. <laughs> um, she calls out Bambi in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but and, yeah, and, this, and Bam- I, Bambi was, uh, Bambi actually is... Uh, uh, when you go back in women's wrestling history, if you look at all the women wrestlers after Mula that went mm-hmm. through training, Bammy trained most of them. Uh, yeah. I mean, if the current uh, the current version of Wow, 
Bambi is actually the the head coach and the trainer of them, which shows okay. how long she's been in the business. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I I did like this interview. It's it's classic Cornette, and you know, okay, look, Corny has forgotten more about wrestling than I will ever know. I don't True. agree with everything that he says on his own podcast. True. Um, but one thing I always appreciate and respect about him is how much he gives 100% to being the, Corn- the the Jim Cornette character. You know, whether it is, you know, for the NWA championship or, you know, whether it's in the LPWA in front of 50 people. You know. Yeah, and, and he, he did the same thing when uh, yeah. the USWA did a taping session, and he came mm-hmm. in during uh, when we were in Louisville. And <laughs> funny aside here, yeah. um, we had done five straight days of taping. Right. And my voice was shot <laughs> by mm-hmm. the, the fifth day. <laughs> and we were in Louisville, and Corny covered the entire thing by going, you just keep even eating my mom's soup and your voice will eventually come back. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's what got me through that taping is he kept making the excuse for me. Just keep eating that's your great. soup and be quiet. People will enjoy that better. <laughs> that's great. Jonathan Blue as a character. I have no idea where Jonathan Blue came from. Um, yeah, I was no not clue. familiar with him. Uh, but the the way that he has the the huge earring, yes, <laughs> uh, and the the glasses holder made me think that he had a hearing aid in, <laughs> <laughs> and the bow tie. It's just a lot of look. Overall. It is a lot of look. It is. But of course, with uh, magnificent Mimi, of course you have yeah. to have somebody who's fabulous. And yeah, yeah. you know, Mimi was like. Th- Dare I say she was the share of the LPWA. <laughs> she was so great. Yeah, I she love watching great. these two together. They look very glamorous. I want to be friends with them in real life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we then get a segment in which Brad Rains teaches us how to do a scorpion deathlock. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because don't you want to just go home and do a scorpion deathlock? Yeah, yeah, I found myself kind of like taking mental notes about it. And then I was kind of like, when am I ever going to use this? Like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't need to like make space for this in my brain. WWE used to do the same thing with Lord Alfred Hayes. Remember that? Um, uh, yeah. And, and yeah. The, the funny thing is Matt Hardy's doing it now on being the. Yes. Elite. Yes. Terms of the inside. Yes. 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 And then we get our main event, which is Comrade Orga versus The Beast, managed by Norman. Um, this was so weird. This was this, just weird on multiple levels. Yeah, like, I okay, I getting back to what Kate was saying earlier in the program. I did not appreciate how the announcers just kept pointing out how neither woman is traditionally attractive. Yeah, I mean, they they, they refer to them as having some unorthodox physiques. Yes. Because uh, they're bigger ladies, and one of them is kind of like butch presenting. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, unorthodox based on whose standards? Like, fuck <laughs> you, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I, though I do love that uh, Orga had the rope hidden in her tights that she started choking uh, the beast with. I thought that was great. Yeah, and then he kept calling the area down her pants no man's land. Yeah. Oh, I was like, that's really, that's not the insult you think it is, because, like, <laughs> she could be gay. Like, maybe she doesn't want men down there. I think that's, he was implying that she was gay, actually. Yeah. yeah Don't yeah. forget, this was, like, 1990. I assumed and... it was that that he was saying no man would want to sleep right. with her. Oh, okay. Because... Which was also been a joke in 1990, yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, <laughs> like, that's, yeah, that's great, having rope down the front of your pants. Is that, like, a lot? I mean, I guess, I was going to say, is it allowed? But I guess it's... It's Welcome to professional no, wrestling, Kate. <laughs> they they brought up that the ref didn't see it. Ah, uh, um, okay. Yeah. Um, I feel like he probably did see it. Of course he did. <laughs> um. I love when uh, when Norman started wiping his ass on the commie flag. <laughs> yes. <laughs> see, that's... At, at first I was like, okay, this solidly has to have been 1992, just based on production and stuff. But then when I'm realizing that the the main heel is still an evil Russian, I'm like, okay, so it's got to be before October 91. Um. <laughs> now, the Beast, uh, just 
so mm-hmm. you, you do know um, the beast is named Peggy Lee Leather. Right. Uh, okay. And that's Great the name. that's the name she went by in in most of her uh, most of her professional wrestling career. Although she did uh, Lady X uh, as a masked wrestler. Once again, uh, one of those people with two different uh, personalities. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. That can go on the same show. And she and Bambi were a couple. And they oh. they were oh. the ones that were kind of. Yes, Brad Rankins might have been the LPWA trainer, but I guarantee right. you that that Bambi and Peggy Lee were helping uh, most of the ladies, especially the inexperienced ones, uh, mm. understand the, the psychology of professional wrestling. Cool. cool. All right. Oh, and there is, uh, there's a USA chant, because of course there is. USA! <laughs> and yeah. again, it's I'm a Canadian, so, so I was It's just so like... clearly dubbed in. Um, <laughs> it was just so, like, over-the-top American, yeah. like, patriotic like and it's it's very silly i i don't think that americans still have this much hatred for communists now but maybe i'm wrong maybe they're just like more covert about it (laughs) well this was in the day what's what's interesting kate is that uh if you believe professional wrestling is a guide for life and why should you not (laughs) um america has secretly been at war with canada for about the past 50 years oh Um, really interesting so with your home country of canada (laughs) every time there's a canadian wrestler um i shouldn't say every time because there have been good guy canadian wrestlers but a lot of times when they don't know what to do with a person if they're from canada they just make them um an (laughs) anti-american But it's from, it's not, they're not Russian or, you know, they're, they're Canadian. Yeah. Well, that's so weird. Cause like we're, yeah. we're renowned for being polite. I exactly. wouldn't think translate that well to wrestling. Exactly. <laughs> uh, this one ends in a DQ though. That was interesting. Um, yeah. The involvement of the ref was, yeah. was really intense. I was wondering like what kind of training the refs have to go through, if any, for this. Craig, you want to take that? Well, uh, actually, uh, referees are how most, a lot of people get into the business. I mean, uh, hmm. uh, the, the prime example might be uh, when Jerry Jarrett's son, Jeff Jarrett, J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T-T-J Jeff Jarrett. Ha-ha. Ha-ha, yeah. Slap nuts. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Kate's going, what in the hell is he talking about? It sounds um, like a tongue twister to me. Yeah. Uh, Jeff actually started as a referee. And yeah. uh, a, a lot of uh, the referees are the key to how the match goes because they are the main communicator between one wrestler and another. Mm-hmm. So if one wrestler wants to do something to the other one, they will send it through the referee to allow them to uh, to get to the next uh, potential arc in the story. Now, a lot mm-hmm. of times when they're in a headlock or something like that, they'll talk to themselves. But you'll always see the referees checking on them and, and getting really close and sometimes even whispering to them. Well, that's because they're going, he wants to throw you over the top rope the next time you come over here. So, it's, oh, But that's, that, so that's, where, that's where the referees come in. Mm-hmm. And if there's a that's, ref bump, you usually know that something's going to happen. Right. That seems like a really high pressure job. Like that's a lot <laughs> to have to manage. <laughs> okay. Oh, and then we end the. Oh, no, wait. We end the show with um, Cornette and oh, Joey. Oh no no no! Wait, no, we got uh, Queen Christopher. Oh Love yes, honey. <laughs> and I his love court. Him. He's perfect. <laughs> yes. Christopher Love, honey. <laughs> Chris Love and I worked together just once, and he told me, honey, just how cute I was. That's that's a pretty good Chris Love impersonation. That's very nice. That was a very good Chris Love. So, wait. Chris Love was was actually gay? It wasn't just kayfabe? Um, I don't know. Burt Prentice is the guy's real name, and Burt would go on to run a successful promotion in Nashville, Tennessee. But I will tell you that uh, being in the presence of Christopher Love in his character, uh, this was back in the days when I wasn't around a lot of gay people right? Mm-hmm. and didn't quite understand a lot. And he scared the living crap out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was like, oh, OK. 
<laughs> now you have to realize this is 1990 whatever, uh-huh. and I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't be involved in things like theater for another 10, 15 years. So uh, or move to Seattle as as the case would be, being a being a guy who was brought up in Washington D.C. and very sheltered. Uh, mm-hmm. But Chris, yeah, Chris could be very threatening if he wanted to be. But Bert <laughs> Prentice was genuinely one of the guys who could give a guy a, a break in the business and really try to help him along mm. the way too. So uh, That's this this character of Queen, Queen Christopher Love, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever, whenever I see Burt Prentice, even on as Burt Prentice, I'm always constantly going, "Okay, honey," because he was so good at it. And the oh, two, I love, I loved him. The two women that were with him were, uh, I think it was Judy Martin and was it Leilani Kai was the other one? I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And they are holdovers from the Moolah era, right? Uh, the ones that would compete in the WWE as the special women's attra- or WWF as the special women's right. attraction. What a perfect trio here with, <laughs> with these three. The Glamour, uh, I don't know if they were called the Glamour Girls eventually or not, but uh, I do know that they at one point did do a tag team as the Glamour Girls. Uh, maybe that was in <laughs> AWA. But oh my gosh. Uh, one of the things I loved about this show was um, I, I love the, the gender reversal, like how the managers and the valets are all men. I loved that. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that is because you did see, this was mm-hmm. back in the days where you did see a lot of valets. Right. It was the heyday of Missy Hyatt and, and Tammy right. Sitch. Uh, so <laughs> it's, uh, it's kind of cool to, to see the role reversal. And yeah. I, I would have loved to have seen this show go on and do some, uh, some, really amazing things and mm-hmm. uh you know the i i have to give the devil his due uh david mclean in the current iteration of wow with the exception of the stereotypical characters which i absolutely hate the wrestling's not oh. bad on it um craig yes we will eventually get to wrestlelicious oh i'm sure you have yes. some thoughts about wrestlelicious oh <laughs> yes kate when we get off the phone i am going to well, I only have your email. I don't have like your text or anything, but I'm going to send you a link to Wrestle Licious. Watch it, love it. Um, okay, all right, okay. I'm excited. Yes. <laughs> but but all in all, as we love to say towards the end of our shows, what mm-hmm. did you learn on the show tonight? And since I'm Craig, I'll say Kate. What did you learn about <laughs> wrestling and this show? Uh, I learned that wrestling. To me, it feels like the halfway point between improv and BDSM, which are two things that I really like. I almost did a spit take there, being the improviser that I am. (laughs) Yeah, like I've studied both extensively, so I can like understand and appreciate like the nuances of both of those forms, and like seeing them kind of combined in this like really violent, weird theatrical venue was quite interesting i don't know that i'm gonna like become a wrestling fan now but like okay it was it was a good time i enjoyed this one okay the use of yes and in professional <laughs> wrestling i've never thought of oh, yeah. this <laughs> i bet it would be i bet it would be helpful like to to learn improv like especially in the interview with uh with mimi i was really wondering like how much of that was just like her using her improv skills yeah. because like she was just saying some really wild shit <laughs> well and amazingly now kate most everything is pre-written uh especially when it comes to the wwe i mean mm. they would hire writers to do that but but back in this yeah. time the wrestlers would come up with their own stuff uh, mm-hmm. You could give them bullet AEW points. AEW still comes up. They still come up with their own stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, you yeah, can that's tell. why I said WWE. Yeah. It's not, yeah. I wasn't mentioning yeah. AEW. But uh, this was the day where you had yourself as the only person that can get you over. The announcers could help you. And getting over means uh, becoming popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Mimi did a great job uh, with her personality. Uh, Medusa Bajelli, who would wrestle on a future uh, episode of LPWA was another one who was simply phenomenal and would go on to, to great, uh, great acclaim in WWE and, and uh, also in WCW by throwing away the WWE championship belt or the yep. WWF championship belt. But that was uh, awesome. 
I, all the credit in the world going to, to Torberg and to Joe Petticino, uh, uh, who just recently passed away. Joe was like a second dad to me um, oh. when I was working in pro wrestling. He was the one that brought me on to the Global Wrestling Federation. And he and Bonnie uh, were just two amazing people in my life. They call me the Thun. Uh, Duff the Road would say, I'd be the Thun. Uh, and they were the ones that brought together me and Scott Hudson and Scott, uh, Scott Levy, who would become Raven and Bill Eady, who was the booker for global and all those people who, who brought together a company that wanted to genuinely get back to what was good about wrestling. Um, Joe ended up becoming a, a radio station owner, a great man, a wonderful Christian. Uh, and he and, and Bonnie uh, lived a great life together, and, and Bonnie is continuing his tradition uh, with the radio station and in marketing. And Bonnie will be joining us on a future episode because she yes. promised me, said, I'd do that for my son. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> oh, that's, I'm excited about that. Okay. Well, I don't Kate... know if she'll have extensions on, however. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kate, we are going to let you go, but before we do, can you please put yourself over? Uh, sure, yeah. Uh, I write a sex blog. It's called Girly Juice. It's at girlyjuice.net. I'm also a journalist. You can see some of my uh, articles and columns and stuff at katewritesaboutsex.com. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at girly underscore juice. And you can listen to my podcasts. Uh, one of them is called The Dildorks, and it's about sex, dating, and masturbating. And the other one is called <laughs> Question Box. It is the game show podcast of shockingly personal questions. Ooh, that sounds fun. <laughs> I need to listen to that one. <laughs> yeah, my, my, my co-host from my other show has been on that, and it's it's a blast. Um, <laughs> well, I, I, Listen to I, that I, one, because you know him. Well, <laughs> I, I like to say, and, it, and it's yeah. because, of course, I, I'm the Sandra D of this group, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that I've, I have never met a, a truth or dare question that I couldn't say truth and be totally comfortable answering it. So this sounds very <laughs> intriguing. Yeah. yeah, we should have you on. <laughs> Ooh, challenge accepted. <laughs> okay and you can follow us on twitter at wkif pod um and yeah we will be back next week um and greg we have to decide what we're gonna watch next oh no we already know we're gonna watch the uwf blackjack brawl oh yes yeah how uh, herb gets coked <laughs> <laughs> good night bye-bye Uh, that was fun. Uh.